You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's a big world out there, and you're just looking for a pat on the back or head. You run around the city, searching for a place to bark, working your tail off with your nose to the ground, sniffing for a few scraps, hoping someone will throw you a bone. You take each lead, collar after collar, hoping one day to take a bite out of success and become the top dog. Fortunately, you come home each day to open arms, open cans, a drink waiting for you, and a comfortable place in front of the TV set. You know you've got it good, really good, because after all, it's a doggy dog world out there. Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Liz Palaika, and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Hi, welcome to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz Palaika, and with me today are my two good friends, Petra Burke. Hello. And Kate Abbott. Abu. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking about the subject of how to make life with dogs easier in particular living with dogs. We do teach puppy classes. Kate's our puppy class expert. And a lot of times people tell us, I didn't realize having a puppy was so much work. Or I didn't realize a dog was so much work. But, you know, those of us who have had dogs for years just take it for granted and we do these things naturally. But we've been kind of thinking about some of the things that we do that helps make living with dogs easier. So we're going to share those tips with you today. So hold on for our sponsors. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hey, ready to take a walk? Not just you, but the whole family. It's the 2009 Whisker Walk, Sunday, June 7th from 11 to 3 at the Lancaster Fairground in Lancaster, Massachusetts. Pet owners and animal lovers walk to lend a paw to benefit the animal shelters and pet charities they love. Come see exhibits, demonstrations, educational programs, special attractions, product giveaways, entertainment, auctions, raffles, food, fun, and things for adults and kids to see, do, and buy, both human and pet-related. Whisker Walk 2009, a fun day for everyone. For more information, log on to whiskerwalk.org. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz, and with me today are my friends Petra and Kate, and we're talking about 
things that can make living with dogs a little bit easier. First thing I think of right off the top of my head, especially for puppies, is crates and expens. Crates and teaching your dog to accept a crate. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts, so if you want more information about it, look at our house training podcast. But teaching a dog to accept a crate helps him be alone by himself, less likely to develop separation anxiety, helps him house train himself. He learns bowel and bladder control. And most importantly, when he hits adolescence, it prevents other problems from developing. You know, in the crates, like, they're den. I think that's probably the hardest part to get across many new puppy owners. I don't want to put them in a cage at it's night. It's a jail. It's a jail. So we have to get no, the it's whole... a barca lounger. A barca lounger. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so I think going and having to explain that dogs are naturally den animals. And this isn't going to be a punishment. You know, you don't use it for a punishment. Usually explaining that, you know, I'll still have crates around that don't even have doors on them. My dogs yeah. will go in there. Sure. Large party. They're happy to greet people. And then a certain amount of time, they're like done. So right. that's their area to go and retreat. Yeah. And a couple of my cats like the crates with no doors on them. Yeah. They, they go back in there and, and take a, a nap and nobody's going to mess with them. And I'll just add puppy gate, uh, puppy gates, baby gates that, for puppies that, too. Right, definitely. Baby gates, the kids kind are fine. Or you can order from some of the dog supply catalogs, the very nice wood finish gates that look very nice in the house, and even match the furniture. And then X-Pens. X-Pens, for, for those who don't know what they are, are portable wire fences, basically. Or plastic. Or, or plastic. Or anything. Yeah. And that you can shape or you can make just a, a round confined area. So it gives the dog a little bit more room than a crate. And if you intend to litter box train your puppy, like many people are doing now with the toy breed dogs, you can put the dog's crate in the X-Pen and the litter box. And the dog is confined in a, in a closed space, so the litter box is easy to use. Uh, X-Pen also prevents problems. One of my common phrases is you don't let a uh, human baby run around the house without diapers on. Sure. So why are you letting your puppy run around the house without observation or confinement, one or the other? An X-Pen's like a playpen. Right, exactly. And I know a lot of people who have toy breeds actually use a playpen for little tiny dogs, like small breeds. It works great as well. Sure. We use them when we go camping. Oh, definitely. Instead of tying them out or anything, we just put them in an X-Pen so we know they're safe. They've got some freedom we, of uh-huh. movement. Mm-hmm. House yeah. training is probably the most common thing, but it also prevents them from chewing on electrical wires and getting giving themselves a perm. <laughs> uh, yep. From getting to your brand new pair of shoes. <laughs> a phrase that we use in class all the time, prevent problems from occurring. Exactly. And when you prevent them from occurring, then they're not going to turn into bad habits. Other things that people talk about is the activity level of the puppy. And one of Kate's favorite phrases is... A tired puppy is a well-behaved puppy. (laughs) And a happy puppy. And that's tired mentally and physically. And so that means exercise, appropriate to the breed and the activity level, of course. You know, an Aussie puppy and a a Border Collie puppy are going to be much more active than a Mastiff puppy. 
And with the large and giant breed puppies, you're not going to want to push them too hard. We don't want to damage those growth plates before they close. But the puppy should get some good, vigorous exercise every day, should get a walk every day, and then, as Kate said, mental tired, too. So often when I do private training sessions with, quote, problem dogs, you know, one of the biggest issues I come across is just barking and carrying on and digging and chewing. It's just all boredom and activity. And I'll be there for an hour and talking with the, but also working and demonstrating, using the dog, showing them how to do stuff, how to teach their dog stuff. And invariably, and I'll call back in a couple of days and they'll go, boy, just exhausted after you left, just crashed. And 50% of the time, we never go for a walk. It's mental stimulation. It's just all that new learning that I've tried to cram six weeks into one hour. And I had somebody ask last night about it. She just couldn't get her dog tired and doing all this physical activity. I said, well, what about the mental part? Right. And then told her some things to do there. Mm -hmm. That really came home to me that time that I was... Uh, that I did that comic book splat fall and broke my butt. Oh, anyway. yeah. So uh, everybody was trying to exercise my little black fuzzy boy by throwing his ball for him for hours, for hours and hours. Got home, crashed. I crashed on the couch. He was still bringing me toys. So I dragged myself up and made him do some thinking stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some self-control and some thinking stuff. And that took about 15 minutes before he gave me that look that said, okay, I'm ready for a nap now. And we're, my, my husband and I are doing that with Archer right now. He's 17, 18 months. He's still in adolescence. He hasn't grown out of it yet. He'd like to push a little bit more. And so I got Paul started with doing trick training first thing in the morning. And so when I get up a little bit later, I can read my newspaper and eat my breakfast and have some peace and quiet because Archer's going, okay, wow, brain's tired. And then a little while later, I'll do some more of it. And I mean, we're having fun. We're laughing with him. It's nothing serious, but he has to play dead. He has to back. He has to shake. He has to do pause up. He has to sneeze. He has to think. He has to think. Mm -hmm. And it's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. His little brain gets fried and he goes, okay, I'm ready to just relax right now. (laughs) But he enjoys it. He loves it. We bring out the treats and he's just, okay, what are we going to do now? And he starts offering them. He'll lay down and shake and sneeze all at the same time. (laughs) Well, we're doing that uh, also with uh, Cadence. The service dog we have right now, working with him. Because he'll physically get all the exercise. He's in self-entertained. Give him a tennis ball. He's out there running and playing. But then it's inside. Mm-hmm. Get the ball. Go get this. And he can be that. extremely demanding. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. He's a very bright boy. And again, on the tail end of adolescence. Yep. Yep. But yeah, mm-hmm. physically and mentally is, is the key. Yeah. And then there's a few commands that I think are very, very important to help make living with a dog easier. My mom just got a new puppy. And, and she's so cute. And so puppy's oh, just adorable. absolutely adorable. God. But she's very, very bright. Oh, yeah. She's very, very cute. Oh, yeah. And she's <laughs> very, very active. And she learned a new way to get my mom's attention. She'll run out in the backyard, into the garden, grab something, run in, and then either tear it up or play keep away. <laughs> and... Mom says, well, I was trying to get her to give it to me by trading a treat for it. And I said, 
that's good, but then what did you do after that? And she said, oh, I just gave her a treat. And I said, you didn't offer her a toy? And she said, no. And I said, okay, so by giving her a treat and stopping it, you rewarded her for bringing things in. And I could hear my mom thinking, let's see, puppy brings things in, she tears it up or plays with it, I give her a treat. Oh! Yep. And so I said, the next time, give her a treat, hand her one of her toys, and play with it for a few seconds. Okay, I'll try that. And when my mom called me this morning, she went, it's much better. She's starting to get it. Bringing <laughs> and went, toys instead of Yeah, money. and I went, good, good, because you've got a very bright puppy who's going to outthink you. So teaching the dog to get a toy rather than something else, we did that with Dax. Dax was a problem barker. She was a reactive barker. So we taught her, if in doubt, grab a toy. Put a toy in your mouth. And then even if you bark, it's a muffled bark. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I remember those days. Hi, Dax, get a toy. <laughs> <laughs> and it works really well. Uh -huh. If in doubt, have a toy in your mouth. <laughs> exactly. But uh, let's see, some of the other things people ask us about. Oh, smelly dogs. Mm. That's always a big one. You know, and I guess it depends the breed. Some breeds smell than others. Like... The German Shepherd, I have, I, we wash Teddy at least every couple weeks because he, they just have an odor. The Aussies, I can go probably a month, no problem, and they don't smell, and neither does the Palm. Bashir and Archer probably haven't had a bath in two months, and that's one reason why Archer hasn't been on a therapy dog visit yet, because I haven't had a Sunday to give him a bath. But it's probably been two months, and other than their feet get dirty, as soon as they dry off, they... It all shakes out. Yeah, exactly. I absolutely love it. Yeah. But another thing that leads to it besides individual breed is diet. Oh, yeah. Diet can cause body odor. Yeah. And mouth odor. Obviously, the better quality foods are going to nourish the dog better, and there's going to be less mm -hmm. odor. Some people, I think, too, try to over-supplement. And if you're given flaxseed oil and fish oil on top of a balanced food... You can, you can overdo it, mm -hmm. and you get a dog with an oily coat and, and body odor. Very true. And then they try to, um, how do you say, disguises this dog Oh, with breath. perfumes. <laughs> or, or, or treats that have... Oh, the mint. Mint, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't work. Well, and a lot of times they, they may not be aware that there is a health problem that they need to take mm -hmm. care of to take care of the odor. Sure. I mean, if the ears smell... There's probably a problem with the ears. Yes. You and don't just spray perfume around it. You need to And if the, the teeth odor. smell, if the mouth smells, mm -hmm. a, a, a healthy dog's ears don't have an odor. They, it's maybe a damp smell. A healthy dog's mouth doesn't have a bad odor. Uh, so if there's an odor anywhere there. Unless, of course, they've been eating poop. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> that goes without saying. <laughs> Great. Thanks, sorry, Kate. Sorry, sorry. But let's talk about bathing. I think one of the, the things that we get asked a lot is before you bathe the dog, brush him. Get the knots out first. Get all those tangles out first. Get as much of the dead coat out as you can before you bathe him. Often. People ask, how often do you bathe? I mean, we've had... When he's dirty... Well, the lady wash, what was it, every Oh, twice a week. Twice a week. Yeah. Poor thing. Yeah. So yeah. do you ever let and the natural oils come back to the skin? 
And that wasn't a little dog either. No. Yeah. That yeah. is a bit too often. Yeah. Wash the dog when he's dirty. Or if you're going to do a therapy dog visit and, and he needs to be clean, wash him then. But otherwise, you know, wash a him when he's dirty. brushing will do a lot. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. good oils. regular brushing. Yeah. Yeah. And then where do you bathe it? Where do you bathe your guys? You know, if it's winter, it's in the shower. It's yeah. summertime, we're outside. Because the sure. water really isn't cold. It's warm. Dogs love it. Yeah. I'm the same thing. If in the winter, I climb into the shower with them. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you know you won't be coming out dry. Yeah, sure. no, you're going to be soaking wet anyway. And yeah, in the summer when the well, water heats Doesn't up. everybody? I take my shower at the same time. Yeah, exactly. No, I usually take a well. shower after because I'm covered with black Aussie uh, hair. Uh, Keely, I just put What her advantage? In the sink. Walter doesn't shed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, and Keely, just throw her in the sink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, nice. then the other thing that's wonderful to teach the dogs is teaching them the command to shake your body. Not shake hands. Right. Shake right. your body. Yep. Get all that, that water out of the yeah. coat before you step out of the shower. Well, I call it groove thing. <laughs> well, if I said shake, he already knows to bring Listen. up his paw. So I started going, thing. shake your groove thing. Uh-uh. And, and it just became groove thing. Okay, now the world knows my little secret. No, I, I, I just tell him do it because shake is the paw. So it's like, okay, do it now. Right. And, and I usually have myself covered with a towel because Aussies can hold a lot of water. And and I have them shake three or four times, and then we step out of the shower. <laughs> hey, what do I say? Who was it with the shelter? Just shake it off. Just shake it off. From with the shelter, she ta- she says rattle. Oh, rattle! Shake, that's rattle, right. and roll. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> rattle. So she uses rattle. To... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That brings up another thing. Save your old towels. <laughs> oh yeah. Save your old towels. Don't throw away old towels. If you get new towels, save your old towels. You need them for drying your dog, for putting wiping it on the off ground feet, when it's raining, co- covering furniture mm-hmm. and old sheets for furniture and old blankets for furniture. I remember when it was still safe to go down to Tijuana. We'd go down to Tijuana and buy ten or twenty of the Mexican blankets that were cheap. Now, they always shrunk in the wash, and they ended up half the size they originally were. But those were great dog towels. Oh, yeah. I miss those. Yeah. Those were great dog towels. And sometimes we'd make a trip to Tijuana, and that's all we'd bring back was dog towels. Yep. Dog, dog blankets. But um, well, it's choosing. not safe to go down there now. I think uh, I was talking with a friend's mother the other day. She wanted to replace the carpeting in the living room. And we were talking about different kinds of flooring, and it all came down to which would be best for keeping for the dogs and for keeping the house clean because sure. of the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, so making those choices ahead of time. I'll tell you what, the best investment Paul and I did was tearing up the carpet and putting down the tile. And we didn't put down a slick tile. The tile is a big square with some texture. So the dogs don't slide on it. My allergies are so much better. Yeah. And that combined with the Dyson vacuum, unsolicited commercial. <laughs> <laughs> we love the Dyson. <laughs> I can run it from the, the small area carpet in the middle of the living room to the bare floor and back. And it, all the Aussie hair, all the cat hair, all the dirt, dander, pollen, everything. Absolutely love it. That was one of the best investments we did. Yeah, if Dyson. you try and keep you know, white couch and light blue carpeting or whatever, to be extreme, um, and have dogs, you're going to be constantly miserable. 
Oh, sure. And so is the dog because you're going to be, get off of there, get off of there. Yeah. Sorry, Archer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Having dog toys around so they're not playing with your shoes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. If you have dog toys for the dog to play with, then he's not going to be looking at other stuff to get in trouble. And like we said about my mom with, with her puppy, teaching the dog to get his toys. Mm-hmm. And if you have one that's a thinker or a problem solver, getting one of those, um, like the cube or one of uh-huh. the treat-filled type of toys. So they have to figure out how to get the treats out to keep them busy. Those are nice to have around. Right. Right. Uh, rawhides. Or- and Liz's favorite, pizzles. <laughs> What's a pizzle, Liz? <laughs> yeah, what are they? Do you they? know what the unsolicited commercial for Costco. Costco sells them, and the label f- on the packaging says steer pizzle. So unless you knew what a pizzle was, and I suppose that's the nice way of saying it, and this is a legitimate body part. <laughs> Obviously, you know we're letting her explain this. Yes, I saw that. Yeah, You're both pulling away. <laughs> a pizzle is a penis dried very hard and we'll let it go at that it's an excellent chew for your dog because compared to rawhides he can't get great big huge hunks off it and choke on it yep there are some people who cure them that it doesn't have a strong smell those are usually the better ones um some of them unfortunately can have a very strong smell and a friend of ours was quite a who has a white standard poodle was quite offended by the smell. According to one manufacturer, it all depends upon the slant at which the pizzles are held while they are drying. <laughs> and we won't go into that in any more detail. I've done way too much research. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> okay. But, but the whole idea behind rawhides, if your dog can chew on those safely and not choke on them, or pizzles, if that doesn't offend you, is that by giving the dog's something to chew or like one of the food dispensing toys is that keeps him busy he's chewing on those things or getting the treats out of those food dispensing toys rather than barking at your neighbors or chewing on your shoes or or other things so those are great investments Uh, we have a tendency to kate knows how to order them buy the pistols in a box of a (laughs) hundred Yeah. And that works wonderfully. My dogs love it. They can smell that box when it comes home. So we got to take a break. We've gone a long time. So hold on. We'll give our sponsors a word and we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. It's a doggy dog world. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Welcome to Pet Planet. Here's a copy of Pet Planet Magazine, Florida's most informative and fun pet resource magazine. It features heartwarming stories and informative articles from local and national pet experts. Excellent. Pet Planet Magazine offers Operation Planet Rescue, helping rescued pets find new homes. And it's available at 500 locations in South and Central Florida and 24-7 on the Internet at PetPlanetMagazine.com. If you're out and about with your pet, you may be featured in Paparazzi, 
candid pictures of you and your pet. For up-to-date pet-friendly events, activities, and pet-related services and products, Pet Planet Magazine is your final destination. I shall take this magazine home with me. Back to your home planet? No, to my condo in Boca. Pet Planet Magazine. Check them out at www.petplanetmagazine.com or 352-394-8578. It's out of this world. Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win With Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and Win with Dogs. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. We know you're begging for more. So back to It's a Doggy Dog World with your fetching hosts, Liz Palaika and this week's co-hosts, Kate Abbott and Petra Burke. Welcome back to It's a Doggy Dog World. I'm your host, Liz, and with me today are my friends, Petra and Kate. And we're talking about some things to make your life easier with your pet. A lot of the questions that we get asked in class are, are as we talked about in the first half of the show, how to amuse your dog, how to keep him out of trouble, how to house train him, how to prevent problems from happening, how to bathe him. You know, I think we're forgetting to state what is obvious to us. What's that? Get your dog trained. Go to training with your dog. Learn how to train your dog. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, if you can talk to <laughs> Duh, your we're dog. we're trainers, aren't we? <laughs> if you can talk That's to funny. your dog like a oh, sentient being it. and they understand the words... Life is so much better for you and your dog. Oh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of people tend to think that dog training classes are just sit and down and stay. But there's so much more to it than that, at least in our classes. And I'd like to think in most of the better classes, the trainers welcome questions. And if you ask about nutrition, well, obviously we're not veterinarians, but we do look upon nutrition as a part of dog behavior. If you need a referral to a veterinarian, most of us know the vets in our area. If you have questions about toys or chew toys like the pizzles and the rawhides, the food dispensing treats, Walter's favorite toy is the Planet Dog, unsolicited commercial, <laughs> Planet Dog, red, red ball. He's chewing on one now as we're talking. <laughs> to the point where in previous podcasts you've heard me admit that I called them up and bought everything they had left when they started when they discontinued that line. And, I bought boxes of them. And Walter better die before those run out. <laughs> <laughs> or Kate will be in deep doo-doo. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. And dog training classes aren't mini boot camp either. Or they shouldn't be. Bond with your dog. Get some exercise so you take a tired puppy home. Definitely. A tired dog mentally. Educational for yourself as a dog owner. Sure. And it could be you hadn't had a dog in many years. You haven't had a puppy in many years. You've never had a dog. Or, you know, how I came here as I've 
I'd trained before, I'd been a trainer, had many dogs, but when I got her, I wanted to work around other dogs and people in a controlled, safe environment. So I came to class. I and we I can't get rid of you. Yeah, I just stuck <laughs> like a limpet. No, I think the day that I told Petra we need to keep her was when she was introducing her scared Roddy, newly adopted Roddy, to the tunnel on the agility course, and she was willing to crawl through it herself, and it had rained previously. It was wet and muddy. So Kate crawled through a wet, muddy tunnel. Backwards. Backwards, coaxing her scared Rottweiler, and at that point I went, aha. Yep. <laughs> that woman is yep. stupid and silly enough to do anything we tell her to do. Well, yeah, that was pretty much what we said, too. Yeah. No, 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 don't tell her that. <laughs> and then I think some of the other things that we're, we're forgetting is leashes. Not just one. I keep a couple in my truck. Oh, yeah. I have a couple at home. Uh, if you have a dog that barks at the front door, keep one draped over the front doorknob. Exactly. Have a few. People oh. have a tendency to think that the leash is just to take your dog for a walk. Yeah. It's, to, it's part of teaching them. I was just noticing, too, we were able... Here we are doing this uh, recording, and the door is open, and they could go run out on the field, but they're all in downstays. Yes. And that just makes life... We're nicer. surrounded by six dogs? Four, five? Five dogs. Five. five. Five dogs. But they've all put themselves in downstays. They haven't moved. Yeah. Right. They rather hang out with us. So they love out. us. It's <laughs> nice to know. And the puppy archer is watching me going, you're talking about us again. Well, and we exercised them before we did this. So they're now mentally and physically not exhausted, but they're ready to relax. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. The the things that we do without even thinking. Right, right. But back to the leash. Most of our students, when they start class, have a tendency to think the leash is just to take the dog for a walk. When in reality, the leash should be thought of, as we explain it in class, think of it as an umbilical cord. The leash helps you teach the dog to listen to you. So that when somebody comes knocking at your door and your dog goes dashing, if you follow your dog to the door and go, shut up, the dog thinks you're barking too. Mm -hmm. But if you have a leash on the dog, you can stop him. You can teach him to sit instead. Use a treat. Do a watch me. Invite your guest in. And it's not a horrible barking, screaming, shouting so that when your guest comes in, your dog is frantic, you're red in the face, and your guest goes, uh, perhaps this isn't a good time. <laughs> and from the dog's point of view, you get to end up saying, what a good boy to sit and be quiet instead of screaming and throwing sure. stuff at him. exactly. So the leash is an umbilical cord. And not just for baby puppies, but if you've got an adolescent dog who's pushing the boundaries, you have a newly adopted adult dog. Teaching a newly adopted adult dog is much like teaching a new puppy. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Now, what the t- leash gets attached to, collar and tags, or ID tags, or microchipping. Um, I know Kate really gets the new puppy owners to get uh, tags on their dogs, or at because least Because we're using the new AKC Star Puppy Program, right. which so far is working nicely. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, uh, the woman that came by... Last week, week before, she had found two dogs running on a very busy street. Yeah. And she was on her way to the airport. She didn't have time to actually go to the Humane Society. Or yeah, the so I had sucker on my face. Yeah. 
But so I'll go ahead and take them to the Humane Society for you. And the dogs had collars? They had collars. And they had the little tag that said they'd been microchipped. No, not microchipped. It's actually um, the uh, Humane Society. The, uh, oh, the license tag. Oh, the oh license. they did have They license. each had a license on it. So I didn't know. There was no, see, there was no personal information of the owner. So with dog's name, phone number, nothing like that. So I had to call the local um, shelter and tell it's them that I'm going to bring. Yeah, and it was on a Saturday. Thank goodness so, they were open. And brought them down there. But it was a long about way. I would have loved to have been able to call the owner and say, I've got your two dogs. Come get them. Instead, the owners might have, because they were older dogs, well taken care of, mm-hmm. probably panicking, wondering where these two dogs went. Did coyotes get them? In the meantime, I've taken them to the shelter. And the shelter's got to figure out how to find the owners. Hopefully, they updated the information. And that was probably, what, five minutes before they were closing? Yeah. Plus, they're not open on Sunday. So, so the, the owners are going have- all Sunday, not knowing whether the dogs are dead or alive. The lady was, who found them originally, took them to the vet and had them scanned. No microchip. Ugh. You know, she did that right away. So these poor guys, you know, a few days were without mi- their... I thought they were microchipped, but not registered. Nope. Oh. Uh. Now I have a tendency to go a little overboard. All of mine are microchipped, mine including too. my cats, including my indoor cats. And my big leopard tortoise is microchipped because she's a threatened species. And... You know, I want to be able to identify her, prove identification should something happen. Mm-hmm. And then my dogs also have the personal tags right. that have my name and cell phone number and my husband's cell phone number. Exactly. Yeah, all mine have backup cell phone numbers besides mine yeah. himself. Well, yeah. we know the microchip worked because my dogs did get out one time and you were emergency contact. Right, and right. they called you. Right. Yep. And the tags work. Years ago, one of my dogs, one of my German Shepherds, was having some small strokes, some TIAs. And when he had them, he would panic. And one day when I was at work, he panicked and he went through the wooden kitchen door to the outside, just like you see in the cartoons. Oh. And through the wooden fence, just like you see in the cartoons, and ran for five miles in a straight line, including crossing a freeway and a railroad tracks. And when he couldn't run anymore, he collapsed. The woman found him on the side of the street, thought he'd been hit by a car, but he had a tag on, and she was not afraid of German shepherds, went over to him, got him up, brought him into the house, gave him water, made him feel better, checked his tag, called me, and I was there within minutes and got him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the tags, the tags work, but they shouldn't be the only thing. The microchip is important too. Definitely, because the dog could lose the tags. tags. Right, and don't forget to register your microchip. Oh yeah, yeah, that's kind of important. Microchip doesn't do any good <laughs> if it's not registered. <laughs> yeah, there's a microchip. That's about all we know. Right. <laughs> yeah, just putting it in the dog oh. isn't the magic solution. <laughs> you know, and I know people because you know, Liz, you and I did it. We tattooed, tattooed our dogs for a long time ago. Right. So microchipping came around, and then we now microchip. Right. Microchipping is much easier than tattooing. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I can remember a few dogs. I was doing the, the tattooing and it took three people to hold the dog down. <laughs> yep. Yep. It wasn't that it was that painful, I think, for most dogs because I actually, I, I got pretty quick. It was that the dog was being held still. Yeah. And if the dog's not used to being held still, then it was, they would start to panic before I even started the tattoo. So, 
So but, that's another thing to make life easier. Get your dog used to being handled well. We do that in puppy class. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Handle everything. Yeah. When I was helping you with your star puppy, I was actually surprised how uh, one of them couldn't hold their puppy. Yeah. Only one. Can you hold and carry or hold and hug? Or, you know, if your puppy got injured, can you pick him up and hold him and carry? One person couldn't. There's a yes. picture in the newspaper today. Oh. Guy with the two standard poodles on. He uh, he was on a skateboard carrying this huge standard poodle with his other one running alongside, and he and he had a very worried look on his face. The guy did. One of his poodles had injured a paw, and they were out uh, running, and uh, the poodle was quite comfortable being carried. <laughs> and this is a great big huge standard poodle. <laughs> But With a he, guy on a skateboard, right. I mean, he wasn't yeah. just walking with him. He was He was skateboarding. Along, yeah. I felt bad that the dog had hurt himself, but at the same time, in the back of my mind, I'm going, that's a good dog owner. The dog is comfortable being carried, mm-hmm. and and the guy's concerned enough to yeah. do it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yep. We've uh, seen enough of our, our dogs or our assistance dogs that have... <laughs> had uh, casts or had to be wrapped with their legs. Oh, sure. It's so much easier when they were used to it ahead of time. When they accept it. Exactly. So what other hints can we share with people? Having a dog that eliminates on command or at least tries to. Oh, yes. Yes. Go potty. Or as you say, get Get busy. busy. Yep. Yep. That's very useful. Mm -hmm. And again, you can start it in puppyhood or when you have a newly adopted dog, start it then. Walk outside with them. Tell them to go potty or get busy and then praise them when they do. And then it makes those few minutes in the 11 o'clock at night when it's cold, rainy, miserable <laughs> exactly. outside. Go potty. Much easier. <laughs> Much easier. Go quickly, done. Okay, we're back in the house. Yep. When I'm thinking back to a short period of my life, I guess I can admit to this, when I was renting an apartment where no pets were allowed. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah. And my little cockapoo had to learn to go. He always went through the front door under a raincoat. <laughs> Whether it was raining or not. Yeah. In Southern so, California, <laughs> where port- it rains very rarely. Fortunately, uh-huh. the people on the floor below me didn't speak English. And uh, the manager was way at the front. So, um, But we would have to make these little dashes out when the manager wasn't around. And it was like, put them down. Go, body. Go. Break. Oops. And then raincoat and right back up into the apartment again so they must have thought you were a flasher with I'm a raincoat. sure they did <laughs> sure they either did. that or you were perpetually pregnant <laughs> and i mean he was a puppy when i got it so we were doing a lot of that fortunately i was able to take him to work with me and use the crate in an exponent work too yeah 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 all right. Well, that concludes our show for this time. I hope that we've had some hints that will be of help to you, whether you're a longtime dog owner, a new dog owner, or you're thinking about getting a dog in the future. But keep listening. If you've got anything that you'd like to hear us talk about, feel free to drop us an email, liz at petliferadio.com. We've had a few people write in, and we are going to cover some of their, their questions and their proposed subjects in the future, one of which is going to be on traveling again. We've covered traveling before, but uh, it's time for an updated one. That means it's time for a vacation again. That means a <laughs> podcast on the road! Yes! <laughs> that was so much fun this time. 
we're not going to be in that tent with it raining for four days again. Though, but that was a lot of fun. We could do a real good podcast. She slept for 14 hours. Uh, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Petra and I played on our, our laptops yeah, and she slept for 14 hours. And listen to the raccoon outside. <laughs> yeah, get into it. Make it up for lost. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, we're going to cover some of the questions that were asked. But if you've got one, feel free to drop us an email. And until then, that's it. Love your dogs. Take care. Bye-bye. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.